So, good, good morning. Welcome to our next instalment with our life coaching series. And um, here, hopefully, oh, bear with, hang on. Oh, back forwards. See, told you. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Here's life coach Larry. And I don't know about you, but Larry doesn't actually really inspire me that much. I think it might be to do with the whistle with Larry. Um, I mean, being a teacher, a whistle, as you know, is a very penetrating noise. And as an early years teacher, it used to be a great pride for my class to have the volunteer to carry the whistle out to the PE lesson. And you'd be used to those people behind you like on the whistle. And even though Larry there with as the life coach with his whistle is, you know, pretty I mean, he's a character, isn't he? You see that picture and you don't forget that. I mean gives a bit of gokwan to me really. But there is nothing worse than a child with a whistle. I can honestly say that. A child with a whistle you are never going to forget that. So Life Coach Larry has been here for the last six, seven weeks to guide us through this series on life coaching. And we have covered many subjects over the last um, few weeks. And there they all are. And today we are thinking about journaling and personal growth. Personal growth is pretty scary stuff because it's getting to know yourself. Um, That is something that probably, like me, we shy away from. It's all right to cheerlead other people, to bring them along, but actually taking time to get to know yourself isn't pleasant. Journaling has always been something that I love to do. But over the years, it's been a skill that's developed. Those of you who know me well know my love for stationery. A pen, a sticker, a notebook, post-its, craft goodies, highlighters. Mm Mm-mm, love a highlighter. And you see, journaling is just full of potential, full of the unknown. There's nothing quite like choosing a new notebook. I have a particular, I'm not going to put the brand out there because I'm not being sponsored today, but um, I have a particular love for a journal. It's not a cheap journal. I mean, Carl is quite um, distressed at the amount that I'm happy to spend on a journal, but there's nothing like getting that journal and starting the very first page. And when I was prepping for my talk and I was thinking about journaling and personal development, I asked God, as you do when you're prepping for a talk, what he wanted me to share with you today. Now, the teacher in me would love to give you the kind of talk that would have an objective. I'd tell you where we were going to be going in the talk, how we're going to get there. I'd teach you about journaling. Then I'd get you to do some journaling and then we would evaluate it and think about where we'd been, what had happened and what we could do to go on from there. But that would be a comfortable format for me. And as I thought about talking about the Bible and journaling, it would be so easy for me to talk about how people recorded stuff in the Bible. And, you know, I was quite pleased with how this talk prep in my head was going until God said to me, Charlotte, you've missed the point. I mean, I was quite pleased with how the thought process was going. I'd even got the verse in my head. It was Jeremiah 29, verse 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Great, I thought. This is a comfortable verse. I know this verse. But again, God said to me, Charlotte, you are missing my point here. 
And that's when I got it. That's when I got that this talk is his point. It's his word and it's his message. You see, that's when God said to me, yeah, Jeremiah is totally the right book. You're in the right place. It's probably actually one of my best books. This is a great verse. But uh, don't miss the man. And that was it. Panic. Got a bit of a sweat on. You know, the chest rash came up. The, what am I going to do? What does this mean? Now, over the past few months, I have been co- had, having coaching myself with one of the most amazing ladies that I know. And one of my development points has been, what is it like to sit in discomfort? I know, right? Not nice. You see, in all my positivity, bubbly nature, um, enthusiasm, sometimes, I know it's hard to believe, I will use those things to distract me from the discomfort. And actually, being in discomfort is where we grow and where we move forward. So my first panic was my Bible knowledge. My Bible knowledge, Jeremiah, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? You see, my Bible knowledge is okay, but would I be able to do this justice today? Would I be able to share exactly what God wants to say to you? Because my Bible knowledge isn't quite perfect. I mean, nobody's got perfect Bible knowledge, but I'm surrounded by people, especially in this room today, who know their Bible inside out, and that's a place that I'd love to be. So I looked over my lovely notebook from my Sunday's notes, and My notes were in there from Chris Tatton's talk on silence a few weeks ago. Here I was, just sit and be. (laughs) Great! I mean, what is this sitting and being? (laughs) What wanted me to share with you today was firmly put in my heart. So, being me, Jeremiah, opened my Bible, got a few different versions of the Bible out to compare. Still wasn't really doing it for me. Go to my go-to know-how kids church videos online. So there I am. I watched the kids church video online, half an hour. I can thoroughly recommend it. All about Jeremiah. It's great. If you need something simplifying, if you want all the names and the tongue twisters of the lines and the tribes and this and that taken out for you, and you want some pretty poor um, cartoon stuff in front of your eyes for half an hour, this is the thing to do. You see, I'm never going to be a theologian. But I so want to know the heart of the Father. And part of that is getting to know my Bible better. Knowing him through his living word and not just a book of history and stories. So today I stand in front of you and I say, my Bible knowledge is not great, but my Bible blueprint is in here. So why share this story? Because this story shows the process of my heart. My heart and my mind are sometimes very disconnected. And that, for me, has been a huge personal development point. And this has only happened because I've been intentional. Because I recognise the need and the desire in me to change. I need to find the tools. I need to put steps in place for this to happen. And journaling, for me, has been one such tool to bring me forward on this journey. So what is journaling? Journaling generally involves the practice of keeping a diary or journal that explores thoughts and feelings surrounding the events of your life. I mean, how does that make you feel? For me, the thought of sitting there doing a dear diary, <laughs> makes, that just puts me off. The thought of sitting there and writing reams and reams and reams of how I'm feeling on the inside, 
that puts me off too. You see, people say that journaling is so simple, but I didn't know what to do. But journaling is so simple. It's simply writing down your thoughts and your feelings. It doesn't need to look a certain way. It doesn't need to be a certain way. It's just you and that piece of paper. You see, out in the world, especially at the moment with the season that we're in, people are looking to connect to something. And there's lots of push and direction on social media where people are saying you need to connect with yourself. And yeah, sure, there's a place with that. But I know, however, if I keep connecting with myself, I lose my accountability to the Father. This is harsh, and this is going to mean to be harsh. You see, if you only use journaling to connect with yourself, it's a total waste of time. If you only use journaling to connect with yourself, it's a total waste of time. Whereas if you use a journal to connect with the Father, it's a total game changer. However hard you look, in the Bible, there is no evidence in Jesus grabbing his notebook, his best stuffed smiggle pencil case, and his sticker collection to sit and journal. The nearest documentation we can find of Jesus writing is when he wrote in the sand. You see, we know that our God is a speaking God. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, verse 3, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. That means that everything we see, everything we do, everything we are, is from the word of God. You see, God spoke a lot. With that in mind... Have you ever noticed how small the Bible actually is? The inspired, authoritative, infallible, accumulated, written record of the specific word of God is down to three and a half thousand... Start again. God wanted us to read and remember over the course of three and a half... Hang on, I've got the wrong teeth in today. Of three to four thousand years ago, this definitive book to gather in and guide his people is actually quite tiny. It's 66 books in brief, and only a few, and some books are only a few pages long. Now, out in the world, we have lots of other influential books and authors. And William Shakespeare, the total um, words in his works are just under a million words. Harry Potter, are just over a million. J.R. Tolkien are just under what the Bible is at 550,000 words. You see, numbers like this actually made me stop and think about the written word economy of God's word. Our wonder increases when we think that during the most important moment in human history, when the word himself became flesh and dwelt among us, we've only actually got a few recorded words that Jesus spoke in the Bible. You see, unlike us, Jesus was a man of few words, but they were potent words. Why did he choose the words he did? Why didn't he say more? Rooted in John chapter 8, verse 28, we find out of the likely thousands of answers to those questions, what we know is Jesus limited himself to only speaking the words that the Father gave him. So how did he know how to say these words? He listened to his dad. He listened to his father. 
So you're probably thinking, Charlotte, you've done all this research on Jeremiah. Where does he fit into this? You see, Jeremiah fits into this because he listened and heard the word of God so clearly. God sent the prophet Jeremiah to the nation of Judah to warn them that their idolatry, backsliding and disobedience would be judged by the holy God. The nation of Judah and the city of Jerusalem would be wiped out and the people would be taken into captivity. But the kings of Judah would not listen and they continued in their wickedness and God's destruction came upon them. However, in the midst of that devastation, God promised that he would one day restore his people to the land. You see, Jeremiah heard from God when he was young and he did that whole thing of pulling the I'm too young card. So this Bible passage comes from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 10, and it's going to come up on your screen. Jeremiah's call and first visions. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I've put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. In these six short verses, we learn three lessons from Jeremiah. First one, his life was planned. He was no accident. God had the plan for him set in place before he was even a twinkle. The second lesson is that his natural shortcomings were no problem. Thank goodness for that. We all breathe a sigh of relief because we are all a bit broken, a bit messy, but God is going to use us, whatever. And the third is that his ministry would have way more impact than he would ever imagine. God promised Jeremiah he would provide him with words and those words would have divine authority over the nations and the kingdoms. And how did Jeremiah know those words? He listened. So where does journaling fit into all this? In order to journal effectively, we need to be good listeners. Jeremiah was obedient and he listened. He didn't want to forget what God had said to him, so he got a scribe named Baruch to come and write all the stuff down. And you can find out all these lovely things um, if you go back to King. Go back to Kings, is that me? You see, true life-giving journaling can only be done in a posture of effective listening. Otherwise, it's just a paper exercise. You've just got a nice new notebook, and even though it smells pretty lush and you've got some new highlighters, it's not going to cut it. So why then journal? Life is one great big adventure, and a journal can be greatly beneficial. There's more going on in and around us than we can ever imagine. And for me, journaling is just one way that I can slow life down just for for a few moments and try to process some of the amazing stuff that God's saying to me. 
for our own growth and our own development and our own enjoyment, journal the details. You see, when rooted in prayer, journaling is just a way that we can be saturated with God's word. It can be a powerful way of hearing God's voice. How awesome is that? I love that about journaling. So hopefully now you're with me on the why journaling is so good. And now a whistle-stop tour on the how you can journal. So when Googling journaling, that's a mouthful, Googling journaling online, you can go down many a rabbit hole. I've lost lots of hours of my life Googling journaling, normally ending up on the Paper Chase website, but that's something that I probably need prayer for. So once you start journaling, I promise you, your life will never go back to normal. It's a discovery of a practical, a practical and real way of connecting with God. And it's one of my favourite ways because it's so intimate. It's just me and him. I've been journaling for years and I used to journal and make it look really nice. But now my journal is just a book of notes and a book of like scrappy messages. And when God says something to me, I write it down in my journal because it's a historical thing. It's kind of a legacy. I can go back and I can look and see what's happened. Because when we write, we communicate. So I want to share with you how to begin journaling in a very uncomplicated way. And it doesn't matter if you haven't journaled before. And it doesn't matter if you've had a bad experience of journaling. And it doesn't matter if you want to write your journal in a dear diary way. That's just not for me. So let's give it a go and see what happens. So number one, when journaling, you need to get yourself in a position to receive. Get yourself ready to have a conversation with God. And pray and ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you. This is my go-to phrase nowadays. Lord, what do you want to say to me? Lord, what do you want to show me? Because do you know what? He is so kind and he's so generous and he doesn't leave you hanging. Then believe he will speak and listen. And that's it. Like Jeremiah, you see, your life is planned. You are no accident. God loves you asking him for more. The next thing Write the time, the date, and the location. Now you're thinking, oh, this is a bit technical. But actually, when you're journaling, whether it's emotionally or physically, that's a place you are in. It's great just to go back to it. And you just by seeing maybe that date or, oh, I was sitting on my bed in my PJ. It's just a little note. You just know where you were. It just takes you back there. We're so busy. Life just fills up our heads with clutter. So just putting down the time, the date, the location will just help you to remember and connect how you were feeling on that day and that moment you were in. Then, write down three things you are grateful for. Now at the moment, gratitude is a bit of a... When I think of gratitude, I think of like candy floss. Everyone's like, oh, I'm so grateful. You know, look at my gratitude journal. And I'm like, no, this is not what gratitude is. In the Bible, in Philippians, it tells us, ask him for what you need and thank him for what he's done. There's so much power in gratitude. It can be something so simple, but just saying thank you again adds to that posture and that position. Then choose how you want to connect. I've done loads of these. I'm just going to list them off for you. 
I mean, this could be a whole workshop. Maybe that's an idea for the future, but I had loads of ideas. You could use a Bible study plan. You could listen to a worship song. You could use an app, use a devotional. Just open your Bible anywhere. Now, this is my favorite option, opening my Bible anywhere. I get excited when I come to my Bible. Like I said earlier, I'm not a theologian, and I struggle to keep dates and times and lineage and all those things in my head. But when I open the Bible every time, God doesn't fail to show up. If you're new to this, I stick to the back of the Bible in the New Testament. A lot easier there to understand what's going on. And the goal isn't to read loads, it's to connect and listen. And the next one is read and pause. Now we were going to do a little exercise here, but we haven't got time. So what I'm going to do is when I get to that point, I'm going to remind you that this is going to be your homework from this talk this week. You see, to pause it's just to simply read the passage, keep reading it, keep reading it, any passage, anyone that takes your fancy, and then you have to intentionally look for the pause. So read the words and see where your eyes are drawn to. This might be a word that pops out of the page. This might be where suddenly your heart starts racing a little bit. This might be where the Holy Spirit just gives you a nudge or a worship song comes into your head or something grabs your attention. And when you've sensed that pause, hang there for a bit. Just go back to Chris's talk. Listen to that again. Use that silence. It'll feel uncomfortable. A pause is uncomfortable. I mean, I haven't quite got to the point yet of time-blocking a pause into my planner. So when you've been there for a bit, pay attention and listen. Contemplate what you read. And then your conversation with the Father has already started. So I was going to give you the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. My challenge for you is look that passage up in different Bibles, sit with it in front of you, look at it and then ask God where the pause is. What part of that passage does he want to talk to you through? The next one is absorb the verse. This will help you know your Bible. This will help you know where those go-to verses are. These are those amazing verses that even if you don't know all the huge stories of the Bible, that when someone who might not know Jesus speaks to you and you can say to them, I know this verse in the Bible that's going to help you. You just know it. That's what I'm talking about, that biblical blueprint in your heart. But when you've absorbed the verse... Write down your thoughts, write down what you're reading, write down what the Holy Spirit has said to you. Make notes on your findings, what do you want to discern, what do you want to perceive, and ask God questions about it. The conversation with God might be a tangible voice. It might be pictures, it might be images, songs, poems, or you might have a physical resource, physical response. Just get that down into your journal. And the last bit, when you come to the end of your journey, is just pray and just declare those things over yourself. 
There's a whole movement out there on positive affirmations at the moment. A bit like journaling for yourself. They're pointless unless they're rooted in the Father. Google, I've got a load here I was going to talk about, but we haven't got time. Google declarations. There's loads out there. Get a list of them. Stick them in your journal. Speak them over yourself. So, bringing it all back to the man of the moment, Jeremiah. Thinking about how his life was planned, how his shortcomings and failings were not a problem to God, and how his ministry had so much impact beyond anything he could ever imagined. It was down to that one tiny thing of him listening. He took time to listen to God. And he came back for more and more and more. Though fortunately God won't give us the assignment he gave Jeremiah, I believe the lessons we learned on how he listened to God so attentively can impact our lives. Then who knows what's next? For me, journaling allows me to mingle the motions of my life with the mind of God. It allows me to mingle the motions of my life with the mind of God. We can find ourselves living in a whirl of words and communication, but don't forget to dig in, to pause and listen, and then just watch it unfold. We're so fortunate (laughs) that we get to spend time in the presence of a father who loves us. And I'm a real believer in, it's amazing when people say they're yes to Jesus. But this is the kind of thing that you can be pushing into to explore more of who Jesus is. So if that's you today and you want to hop over onto church online and ask any questions or ask someone for prayer or even say yes for Jesus, that is great. But... For you and God, just hang out with him and listen. So, I've come right up to the end of my time. It's been amazing to spend my morning with you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And we really hope that we'll get to see you at something online or maybe bump into you on a socially distanced walk very soon. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org, or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week, and know just how loved you are.